You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Discovering Multifamily Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Scandariato, here with Red Knight Properties. And today we have a special guest here with us coming from uh, Southern California, right outside of San Diego, Greg Butcher. And he is the managing partner of Blue Sky Equity Partners. He's been around for a while. He's an experienced real estate investor. He started his career by investing in single-family homes uh, when he was a Marine Corps, Marine Corps officer and uh, had a really good experience with that, but was trying to figure out how we could really scale the single family business and had an aha moment when he was learning out, learning about multifamily real estate, about syndications. I started to join some educational and mentoring programs. And, you know, he has since retired from the active duty uh, Marine Corps um, officership. And since then, he's, you know, it's been almost 10 years now has been investing in over $160 million worth of real estate, which is a little bit over 1,100 units as uh, both a general partner and a limited partner. And he's very involved in you know the real estate community in the San Diego area. Uh, he's also a coach now for other folks looking to get started in multifamily, whether that's on the general partner side or limited partner side. And uh, today on the show, we're going to talk about kind of what the differences between a general partner and a limited partner are if you're looking to invest in multifamily real estate um, and, you know, how there are multiple different streams of income, whether you are on the general partner side, which is the active side or the limited partner side on the passive side. So it'll be very interesting to hear Greg's perspective. And uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Anthony. Appreciate being on the show. Sure. So can you uh, talk about like your first experience in multifamily syndications. Were you on the general partner side or limited partner side? My first time was actually on the limited partner side. Um, that was shortly after finding out about multifamily syndications, um, both about the multifamily real estate side and about the power of investing through syndications and you know group investments. Um, so I had joined a program on that and I was still learning and trying to figure out how it all worked, but I, I wanted to go ahead and put some of my money to work uh, at the same time as I was learning. So I went ahead and, and invested in a couple of, uh, of syndications as a limited partner or a passive investor uh, just right off the bat, just to get some of my money working for me and also to learn through that process. Um, and for passive investors, if they're if they're investing with general partners who will take the time to uh, help explain things, answer questions, and kind of coach them along, that helps them learn throughout the process. So that, that it's a you know a stepping stone towards them being able to p- possibly become a general partner themselves at some point if that's in in their goals. Thanks. And um, so you were a limited partner first. So how was that experience for you and um, are you still a limited partner in uh, real estate transactions moving forward, uh, or are you more of a general partner, or are you combination of both? I'm a combination of both right now. Um, I do have some deals I've invested in. Uh, I'm invested in right now as a limited partner, uh, but I'm leaning more right now the majority towards being a general partner. Um, but that's just based on where my own like position is right now to be able to invest also. Uh, at some point here in the future, with uh, one or two of the properties sell, um, there'll be a big cash influx, and then I'll probably put some of that money back in passively also. 
Um, I think, you know, ultimately, a lot of us get into real estate investing for the time freedom aspect of things. And that was certainly a big uh, part of it for me. Um, so at some point, you know, it, it's I think the the end goal can be uh, can be passive investing only or at least the majority of your time spent passive investing. Uh, and that way you create more time freedom for yourself that way. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, there's definitely pros and cons uh, to each. So what would you say the pros and cons are if you kind of broke down the two categories um, for each? And, you know, does it depend upon experience level or, you know, really how you value your time, um, you know, or if you just don't want to deal with it? You know, what what are the pros and cons to each? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's uh, a large part of it is is how you value your time, but also you know what your other um, income sources are uh, at the time. Also, uh, so for people, if someone who and how you value that that uh, that work that you're doing too. So um, if someone really enjoys their job, they really enjoy their career, but they want to make additional uh, money and and create new income streams for themselves, um, then passive investing may be a great way to do that. Um, with the on the general partnership side, uh, the benefit, of course, is that there it can be a lot more lucrative. Um, you can, you know, your the income that you get from it can be, you know, several times uh, what a passive investor gets between the the different fees that are involved and uh, in, in in you know income streams involved on the general partnership side. That said, it can be quickly become a full time job, even with just a couple of properties. Um, so, and you have to, you know, it helps to work with a team and have systems in place to be able to to manage different aspects of the deal uh, in dealing with your investors and answering their questions, taking care of, you know, tax uh, taxes and investor K ones uh, and things like that. Um, so it can it can quickly become a, a full time job. So. Um, I'd say if if people really enjoy their career and they're not looking to take on another job on the side, um, then you know maybe passive investing is the way to go. Uh, but again, that can also be a, a stepping uh, a stepping board to step up into the GP arena um, if that's part of their goal is to get rid of their their your whatever their their day job is, so to speak, uh, and get more actively involved in real estate. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. Um, and so you mentioned so you started out as limited partner. Now you're more of a general partner. Um, and how did you find other general partners to team up with? Because you mentioned a team and how important that is. Uh, how did you find that? Yeah, so I found um, my the, the partners that I've worked with through some of the networks that I've been associated with. There's there's so many great multifamily networks out there, whether it's a, a paid mentoring program or just uh, some of the, the the groups that get together on on Zoom occasionally or for webinars or different things. So there's a lot of people out there who are trying to get involved uh, as GPs. Um, there's also a lot of people who um, who are just looking for partners. You know, they they don't want to go it alone. Um, so uh, that's how I've ended up finding all my, pro- my 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 partners on deals is through those different groups that I've been a part of. Yeah, um, and then how are you? able to vet your partners, whether they're on the passive side or active side? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's mostly most important um, on the active side. Uh, And so I always vet my partners uh, to be fellow GPs. 
Um, and I would recommend that every uh, passive investor do the same. So I look at their track record. I look at where they come from, how they got started in the industry. Uh, are they in one of the educational mentoring networks? And it, how long they've been a part of it? Um, you know, how many deals they've been a part of as a limited partner and as a passive, I'm sorry, as a, uh, as a general partner, um, what's their loan history is, um, their, their financial acumen is, is important too, as a GP, um, you know, do they have, do they have a, a, any kind of depth of liquidity, uh, you know, resources, both for qualifying for a loan in the first place. And as we're seeing these days, um, you know, we're finally in economic winter right now. Um, there, not every deal is going the best. So uh, it's important that GPs have the ability to put contribute additional funds to keep a property afloat if need be um, to until we are out of this this more negative climate. Yeah, no, definitely, um, definitely important given all the challenges. Are, are uh, what, what are some of the challenges you're seeing now moving forward in uh, the business? Um, I'd say part of it is just scaling right now, uh, meeting the right partners to to put together a, a permanent team. Um, I've had episodic partners so far, um, so that's been one thing. There's there are some potentials I'm, I'm we're we're in discussions with right now, um, and then also I would say just putting having the right team for the loan uh, and getting the right loans uh, in the in this business. So um the the debt is probably the most important aspect of the of the transaction one of the most important aspects of the transaction um so really nailing that down and having the best option that has this this flexible have multiple exit options uh on a deal um is is highly important so yeah for sure um and kind of talk about the experience you know have you had any negative experience as a limited partner or or general partner in terms of maybe not what you were looking for or, and if, if so, were you able to learn from that and how could, how would you apply it, you know, to your business moving forward? Absolutely. Yes. Um, I have had a couple of negative experiences as a limited partner myself. Um, and I think the, the biggest thing wasn't about whether the property, uh, you know, whether the project met its performa or not, it was really about how the lead sponsors uh, communicated with the limited partners. That's one of the most important things. And I would, I would recommend, before anyone invests with a general partner, um, ask for a sample of their communications. Ask for a sample of one of their investor updates. How much information do they send? Um, I've invested, I invested passively with a couple uh, parties who would send out a quick email update once a month and they were pretty reliable with it and they would attach the financials, but it was really nothing more than here's our occupancy, here's our total income, here's our total expenses, here's our, our, our NOI at the end. There wasn't enough color to understand really what was going on with it, with a, with the project. So um, personally, me and I only work with people who have the same philosophy as me, you know, would, would rather over communicate than under communicate. So we tend to send out very detailed um, and monthly updates to our investors uh, with graphs of you know, how our, our total income is doing uh, compared to budget, same with our expenses, um, our NOI according, you know, compared to budget and co uh, compared to our original performa um, and with, with narratives on, you know, why we are where we are, what any challenges are we're facing right now, what we're doing right now with CapEx, um, you know, capital improvements on the property and things like that. And what markets are you focused in? 
Uh, I'm in the southwestern U.S., so uh, I'm based out of California, like I said, like I said before. Uh, my biggest uh, focus is in the Arizona, uh, on Phoenix and uh, in Tucson. Uh, so I have properties in both those cities, um, but I also have a property in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, um, one in uh, suburbs of uh, Denver, Colorado, uh, and then I've been a, uh, a co-sponsor on a couple properties in Houston as well. And are you looking to expand more in those markets or are you looking at new markets? You mentioned um, right now the challenges are are growing. So um, yeah. is that one of the challenges, just trying to find uh, other markets or finding good opportunities or or what? Really just finding good opportunities. I'm not trying too hard to expand outside um, this current market. Uh, or I'm sorry, the current markets that I'm in right now. Um, it's enough trying, you know, keeping tabs on all of those. Now that said, if I formed a permanent partnership with with someone who had a different geographic focus, then that might be a way to go about doing things also. Or maybe, you know, I focus in Arizona and someone else focuses in, uh, you know, Arkansas, for example, just to throw out something other. So um, that's that's definitely one way to go about doing things. Yeah. And what do you do for um, property management? Uh, we always use third-party property management. Uh, we don't don't have uh, anything like vertically integrated right now, but uh, we always um, keep several uh, property management companies as as you know that we would work work with. Uh, so if we had to switch, we could, and and it has become necessary a couple times before. Yeah, that's definitely a challenging aspect, uh, but it's good when you have properties centralized in different you know couple of regions, so you can build your management team, um, even if it is third party. Um, can you talk about, um, you know, opportunities that you're looking for? Like what what would be, you mentioned, you know, we're in a negative economic environment right now. Um, in this environment, what what's your perfect type of deal that, and or opportunity that you're looking for? Yeah, so uh, that's a great question. Thank you for that. So I'd say that Right now, uh, what I'm looking for is a 1980s or newer uh, property um, that's I'm really leaning towards B class, like 1990s B class um, could go a little, you know, to the 80s, could go to is down to a C plus. But really, I like that B class product uh, right now. Um, it is more recession resistant um, and definitely, you know, it, it kind of performs the best. Uh, when when there is a recession. Um, also, you know, one of the big challenges we're having in the multifamily industry right now is uh, is insurance, you know, insurance on our properties. Um, and we've had a couple of surprises on renewals on a couple of our properties. Uh, and right now, the insurance companies have, have kind of pulled back um, some. Uh, and some are some are kind of exiting the market a little bit. Some are, are pulling back on the types of properties they'll insure. And even older properties, they uh, will, you know, if they insure it, they'll jack the premiums up pretty substantially. Um, so we, that's one more reason, um, you know, the, the, for us to stick to the B-class properties, um, that are a little bit newer, have some, some more, uh, you know, newer features, you know, if you're, if you're talking about a property that has a fire suppression system, um, when it, it was built, uh, when, when code required that, um, then that ends up being, you know, lower insurance premiums than an older property that doesn't have that kind of thing, for example. So, yeah. And you're finding a lot of that in the, you know, the Western hemisphere of the country. We're, we're finding some, they are, they're slow. The deal volume is slow right now, um, which, you know, anyone involved in the industry can, is probably aware of that. 
Um, but I, I do believe that we're starting to see more and more deals coming out. I've, I'm seeing it, uh, particularly in uh, in Phoenix, but also in Denver and start, starting to see more in Dallas-Fort Worth also. Um, so, yeah, I, I like where things are going. I think that now that the Fed is kind of slowing down on the interest rate hikes, and I think there will be a pause here before long, that will really loosen things up and start to bring some more deals uh, to light. Plus, there are going to be sellers who had, you know, short-term loans, they had short-term bridge loans from the last few years who are have to get, get out of their loan and they have to either refi it or to sell. Um, so I think there's going to be some deals available. I've already seen a couple of them actually. That's excellent. Yeah. Hopefully you take advantage of that. Um, well, awesome. As we wind down the show, Greg, how can my audience find out about you, learn more um, and connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. So the best uh, way would be to go to uh, my website is uh, for Blue Sky Equity Partners is bluSky-equity.com. And if they go to forward slash webinar, I have a free webinar uh, that people can uh, can, can download and watch. Um, it's about how to recession proof your retirement with hands off commercial real estate investing. Uh, and if you sign up for that webinar, there is a link there to schedule a meeting with me as well. Nice. And we'll have a link to that on our iTunes description, as well as on our social media. And if you liked what you heard and or saw today, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. It would help Greg and my message get out to a larger audience. That's just the way the algorithm works. So we really appreciate that. And uh, looking forward to staying in touch, Greg, and hopefully having you on again soon. Thanks a lot for having me on, Anthony.